All right. We need we have the privilege of employing the unique skills of Zach twice for one session. It's another first here at the Father's Church. I was um, very thankful for the privilege of being able to partner with you all in prayer over these next seven weeks. And um, as I was praying last night, I, I felt the Lord put in my heart what you have before you today. And this is basically an admonition for us to function in the Sha'al prayer that we've studied about from the Old Testament. And I, I felt this so very strongly, and I, I know that it's many, many years ago that we had a seminar entitled Ask of Me, and there was a little booklet that we wrote highlighting definitions of where this word is used in the Old Testament. Since that time, we, we studied together the various types of prayer words that are in the New Testament. And as I have put before you in the past, I think that for Sha'al, the, uh, the type of prayer that corresponds very closely is in the New Testament, Aiteo, A-I-T-E-O. We've studied about that. And that's the verse where Jesus was saying in the book of John, hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but ask that you may receive and your joy might be full. And he uses Aiteo exclusively there. And the, the Sha'al principle is reserved for kings and prophets and those that are in authority. It's also used um, to describe conversations that happen between people who are close with one another, people who have connection with one another where there is the latitude to ask certain things. But in essence, this word that we remind ourselves of today speaks about a type of intimate fellowship with God where when no one else is around and you're just in your place of comfort in your home, you commune with God there, hopefully. And it's in that setting that you develop and build relationship and you train your ear to hear from Him. And you speak the secrets of your heart, and that's where God really knows you. Um, remember the, the story that he told about a day that is coming where people came and they said, we cast out devils in your name, we work mighty works, and you know that, the, that story. And he said, you functioned in iniquity, Get away from me because I never knew you. And it's not just to know about God. It's not to trust the fact that he knows everything about you. Of course he does. But to know you is something different. 
and it's it's more intimate and it's found in that place of secret commune where god comes with the the still small voice and appeals to your heart that's the indicator of sha'al and that's what um that's what god um utilized with kings and prophets to to say come to me in this place and ask of course if you are coming to god after that kind of developed relationship you hopefully are going to be aligned with what he wants so you're not asking for the numbers to the lottery or anything like that you know you could give it a try, but I don't think you're going to get much good answer. But, you know, the, the, the thing, though, is, is that this, where even that element of clothing that extrapolates through the, the lingua to our day where we talk about the shawl, um, that, that really does say that I know you in this place. You may be many other things. You may have regalia. You may have a mantle and a staff, and you may, you may have a king's crown. Those things don't really affect the Lord. But he's looking at that place when nobody else is around, in the still of the night, when he's talking and you're talking, and there's no pretense, there's no, there's no pastor speak. You know, it's just you and him. And from that developed relationship, and very often in that developed relationship, this word springs. And it's the same thing with Iteo in the New Testament, with all those words that are just randomly translated as intercession or prayers in King James or whatever Bible you, you rely on, or whatever translation you rely on. Um, there, are, there are words that are specifically used by the Spirit speak about various dimensions of relationship. And Iteo is really a powerful one because it speaks about being in a, a really close relationship with God where what you're asking is about something that you have been entrusted with, but it's on behalf of the kingdom. And it's very similar to supp supplication, but it's different. It's the extension of authority. And so uh, I think that these two words are aligned very closely. So uh, I was praying last night, and God really said, you know, I was praying about the, the, the seven weeks that Monica just detailed for you. And there are people in Brazil that are joining with you. There are people in Western Europe that are joining with you. Faladin told me that he's mobilized his prayer and fasting network from West Africa joining in, in, about this, this week by week cadence. So it's not us four and no more. There are four continents at least that are participating in this and a great number of people on each. So we're all going before the throne in agreement if two put 10,000 to flight, how much, I, I think it's safe to say at least 10,000 people. How, how much impact does that have before the throne? 
God's interested in this. And I was, I was meditating on that last night, and, and God said, you know, I've given, this is me paraphrasing, I've given great measures of gifting and authority to so many, and it's time for them to know me in the intimate place and ask things that I'm putting before them. Now, those seven weeks are speaking about factors of his ways. These are specific things that God might touch you on the shoulder of your heart and say, I want you to ask me. I want you to declare this. And I want you to believe that this is going to happen. So I just aligned them with the weeks. Um, but let's, let's talk about some of these. But the, 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 the end result of this is not just another sermon because we've studied this already. The end result is you actually saying, yeah, this is a word for me and I'm, I'm going to listen to what's going on at the throne and God's going to use me to not only declare but to ask him for something that he wants to do. Why does God do that? And he could just do it all anyway. Why does he look for an intercessor first? Why does he say, before I do anything, I speak of it to my friends, I speak it to, to my intimates, the prophet ones? Uh, why does God do that? He doesn't have to do that. He can do anything. He wants your partnership. He loves to utilize your obedience and your partnership for the kingdom's sake. And that's really heart-rending. So don't think of yourself as anything less than what God thinks of you. And I believe that this is a word for us. So the first one we want to talk about, and again, this is just me. So you don't have to be bound, oh, can I only pray that during that week? Don't, don't make it too hard. I just aligned them. When Jacob, in Genesis 32, was finished with his wrestling match with God, um, Jacob asked Sha'al, and I guess you're pretty intimate with, some, with God if you've wrestled with him all night. If you, if you aren't, you're not wrestling right. <laughs> um, Jacob asked and said, tell me I pray your name. And he said, God said, wherefore is it that you Sha'al after my name? And he brought him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face. That's presence. My life is preserved, but it is positioned for the going forward. You know, it's kind of like when Manoah and his wife, who shall remain nameless, um, was talking with the angel whose name really was wonderful, one that was sent by God to do something spectacular, and they asked for his name too. Essentially, when you're asking for a name, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, almost akin to what Moses said, show me your glory. And it, it, it's kind of ridiculous for anybody to ask God to Sha'al about God's name because God's name is so expansive. Even the names that we know in Scripture that 
speak about God and speak about how he does things or the names of his seven spirits. It's so widespread that to Sha'al God for a name is ridiculous because there's no way that you'll ever know everything that God is. There's no way that you'll be able to counsel his glory. Isn't it enough that you're you're that he has come and he's he's offering you into the deepest places of who he is and he's positioning you to go forward to ask for a name is is kind of a it's kind of a <laughs> I would say what it is but it's kind of ridiculous and God's answer to him back was why are you wasting a shawl on that that's really what he's saying the essence is his presence and that's what Jacob then said okay I'm positioned now I've seen God face to face in fact I'm going to name this place essentially the presence of Elohim because that's what I've encountered and that's what God offers us it's his presence because in his presence is fullness of, of joy. It's a fullness of everything we'll need in accomplishing his task. It's the joy set before us in grace. But it's his presence that is always with us. It's his presence that is so profound that no matter what we face, no matter what we encounter, it's, it's his ways. It's the circle that he's going to do all things well. And we're just with him. And we need to hear and obey, as the friend of the bridegroom would do, um, in preparing the way of the Lord. It's never, it's never questioning what God says, or it's never asking him for things that he doesn't want. It's really the essence of it is, is you be with me and stop trying to do things your own way. And so we begin again by asking God for his presence. This week, we come before him. We want to commune with him. And, you know, again, you can ask him for his presence. But it, to me, that would be the opening hello. Expect to commune with him. Expect to welcome him. Ex expect to commit everything we are to that intimate place with him because that's what we need that's what sustains us no matter what life brings that's what sustains and strengthens us with overcoming power and resolve and confidence it's his presence that does that because you're you're partnering with his ways you know, the seven lamps, the seven spirits, his face, his presence. It's all the same word. And so we're not really beginning by asking even for a five-fold directive. We're asking for him and to know that secret place in him where he knows us, where he knows that deposit of his spirit that he put in every one of us that was born again through the precious gift of Christ if we receive it and it's it's that place that he's knowing that indicates why he put us on this earth why he gave us life on this earth in the time frame that we have that's appointed by him and nobody else and this is what we need 
we need his presence. And so welcome his presence. You know, Jacob had a lot of issues. We heard about them this morning, but um, I think that we can all say we've got a little of that guy in us because we all, uh, there are so many ways that Ronnie can mess up what our assignments are. And I have to die daily. And there's so many ways that you can. And so we need to go right to the heart of who he is and to the heart of who he made us to be and let that be the resounding influence and weightiness. So that's another factor of his presence because that will keep us and that will guide us into the innermost parts of what God put us on this earth to do. But this is what God wants. I want to know you, not just know about you. That's kind of foolish to say that because God does know everything about you. But he wants to know you. And that's the essence of Sha'al, and that's the heartbeat of his presence. Now, the second one that I felt led to the list is really in a two-dimension, um, a two-passage concept. Um, the commissioning of lieutenants, Joshua in this first instance, to Sha'al. Numbers 27, 21, 22, God speaking to Moses. He said, stand before Eleazar the priest who shall ask Sha'al counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. At his word shall they go out, and at his word shall they come in, both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation. But here was God basically promoting Joshua into a point of Sha'al to function on behalf of what God's will was in conjunction with the priest. This is an interesting thing. We we talk about um, Moses laying hands on Joshua and releasing wisdom and those kinds of things. But to me, and that's important, but this, this opportunity to sha'al, we don't often talk about. Um, we are, uh, one of our missions is as we go forward into Brazil and to other places is to not only teach about this, not only to demonstrate it, but to awaken this capacity in those that are called to serve God in uh, representative roles in the indigenous lands. I mean, I, I, I have a great sense of uh, the, the lack of time when we go into Brazil. You know, how long will it be before and i got to be really careful what I say here because this is going up on the Internet. Uh, how long will it be before that leftist government is totally aligned with the Chinese who are now in bed with them in a bigger way than they have been, and they've been in a big way? How long before that becomes a communist-based, scrutinizing everything you are, giving you a uh, uh, in your personal life, just as they do in China, they watch everything, they give you score points, and if you get out of line, if you don't do this, if you do that, you, you are eliminated. Uh, 
It's almost like a game. And if, if your points fall below a certain point, you don't have access to this, you don't have access to that, your kids won't be able to do anything. And a lot of that has to do with the, the government being God and our God being as nothing. How long is that going to be before it sweeps over Brazil? So we have to develop leaders who are going to be able to stand when we're not going to be permitted into the country by natural means. So I know we're up against the clock. And these are just true. If you, as soon as the American dollar was taken out of the standard of, of, uh, of the base standard for Brazil and, and the, Chinese, um, the Chinese currency was put in there, that we should have heard a bell ringing. And I've been asking God to forgive our country for the way we squandered the great victory he gave in the greatest generation of World War II. We just squandered it. And this nation's going to have to answer for that. But we've got to work for the night is coming when no man can work. And we've got to get people commissioned in this walk because they're going to have to be the ones that are standing in that continent. Elijah when he was about to leave Elisha, 2 Kings 2, 9. It came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask, Sha'al, what I will do for you before I take an, be taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. We've talked about what that means in the past. But here is Elijah with the knowledge that he's only going to, that his time with Elisha was rapidly going. And he said, it's time for you to begin to sha'al, and you need to, before the Lord, ask me, because I need to give to you something that you're going to need in the days to come. This is what we're facing in Brazil right now, and it's what we're going to be facing in a lot of other places around the world as uh, the, the timetable of the Lord is progressing, and the enemy is fighting with ferocity, as the Bible said he would, because he knows his days are short. Do you know that's the time we're in? And if we know that, what manner of people should we be? Um, we've been given great responsibility to represent the throne, and we will do so. But um, I think that we need in our, in our sha'al to pray for those that God has arranged divine appointments for, to, to pray for those that he's calling into points of service before the throne and to, to really give the message out to everybody, but to be sensitive to those that have this calling as Joshua, this calling as Elisha, and to, and to lead them into this pristine and privileged relationship with God because it's essential. You know, one of the things we didn't mention here was when Saul was bereft of that relationship and he got antsy and he went to the, to the, to the woman at Endor and, and Samuel came up and this discussion of Sha'al was there as well. I don't want to be one that fails to be able to instruct and to impart this um, while it is day for those that are in leadership there. Let's keep moving. 
Um, I love this one too, Joshua 4, verses 6 and 7. We're looking at some of these words in ways that we didn't really focus on when this concept first came out because we weren't living in those days. Now we're living in them. Joshua 4, 6, that this may be a sign among you that when your children Sha'al, their fathers, in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? You shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel for that forever. Your children will ask. Your children will sha'al. And right now, I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but God has given us what Malachi speaks about, where the hearts of the children are turned to the fathers and the fathers to the children when Elijah is coming. We're in that day, and we have people that are looking to us, and they're wanting us to tell them what means this scripture, what means this miracle that I read of, what is this? Tell us, Sha'al to us, you are a father to us, tell us. And there is a Sha'al anointing and a capacity upon the revelation of what these things mean. What meaneth this? Peter had that privilege to say that on Pentecost. We have that privilege now. And it's not just teaching. Teaching is important. But from that place of depth in the Lord, when they come looking to us as Papa, um, and they don't look just me at me that way. They look at you. Do you realize that? I often tell our people here, hey, when people from the Saints Network come in here, act like you got something, you know, because they're looking to you to represent what they've come here to receive. And if they see that they're doing it 50 times more than you are, what does that say? So, but the point, though, is, is that we're not, we don't put on pretense, but it's like if you're a salesman, you better believe in what you're selling, and you better know everything you can about what you're selling. And when somebody has a question, you better have that answer. Or what kind of salesman are you? Oh, I don't know. I'll check back with you. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to check on that. That kills the sale. You can ask Dennis about it. Not that he did that, but he trained salesmen. And, you know, we, we are going to be asked, what means this? I read about this in Scripture, or I've heard that God did this through you or, or in the midst of the network. Tell us about that. And, and you impart, God is no respecter of persons. This is what He did. Here it is in the Word. This is what it means. He wants to do this through you. And if we don't do that, we're not raising up sons. If we, if we spend time with people and after a, a while they don't know anything more about what God has shown you, whew, I don't want that to happen to me. So we need to ask God for, in, in this Sha'al, God help us to have that capacity to teach, and it's not just in Brazil, it's, it's everywhere, but for those that come that God has called, we need to be asking for this because this is essential. You might wonder, where are those stones now? 
I won't go any further there. I don't want the stones that God has triumphed in us to be lost in these days. Hebron. Now, I, you'll notice that one, and, and as Monica mentioned, don't write this down. Every week, we'll try to tell you what's coming for the week. Um, but that week where we talk about Hebron is going to be so important because it really is in the center of things. It's week four. It's where it's a warfare thing. It's an insistence upon us being um, what we're to be as kings and priests before the Lord and prophets as opposed to the enemy ruling the roost. That's what Hebron represented, which is why Caleb gained this ground with the upper and the nether springs. But Psalm 2, 7 and 8 for this week, I will declare the decree the Lord Yahweh said to me, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. Ask of me, Sha'al, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. And then in that same one, uh, regarding sons, Isaiah 7, 11, uh, 7, 11. Ask thee a sign. This is uh, Isaiah to Ahaz. Ask a sign. Sha'al of the Lord your God, be it either in the depth or in the height above. And Ahaz said, I will not Sha'al, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, Here now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men, but you will also weary my God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you'll call his name Emmanuel. What a thing. What a thing. God has given us a twofold measure, and that is to know that he's given us the nations. He's, he's chosen an inheritance for what we're to do regarding sons and and he's also giving us power. This is going to be known in ways beyond what we've known because it's not been God's time for now. But can you imagine what Elijah said to this king? You ask for a sign, whatever it is, high, low, you shall, and God will do it to you to prove this. How many times does that happen? Remember Hezekiah? Let the sun do these incredible things. What about Joshua? Let the sun stand still. What about Gideon? We often malign him for his fleecing. But it goes along with the principle that God at times will say, I'm going to prove this. You ask something. Can, are we that kind of representative on behalf of continents that someone might say, I'm really debating this calling that is riveting me. And then God would say to us, let them ask for a sign, and you tell them. Am I taking Scripture out of context here? No. Do we do this all the time? Are we going to be like the latter rain people that have to do this in every city? No. But there will be times that this happens, and it will be um, it will be uh, something that God has chosen beforehand 
to, um, to rebuke the enemy and to show his strength. We need wisdom about this. And we need to recognize that we're at this point where either kingship in the Lord for dominion in the land is going to be granted, where kings are going to be coronated, or the giants of the land are going to still run roughshod and witchcraft will be known. That's what Hebron means. And the bluing of the wound, remember that message we had a couple of weeks ago? Um, that is so important. It's so important. So this is a very serious one. And we, we will need to sha'al regarding this. Wow. Heathen for an inheritance. We've got a whole lot of heathen here in the United States. And as the weeks go by, they become more heathenerly. I think they're beyond heathen in some of the things you hear. Let's keep going. Um, kingly wisdom for breakthrough. Week 5. 1 Kings 3, 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and said, Ask what I shall give you. Sha'al. In a dream at night. At the beginning of his kingship. In so many ways, that's where we are right now. You realize that, don't you? What about this next verse? This is David in warfare, 2 Samuel 5.19. David, child of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And Yahweh said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philippines, the Philistines into thy hand. <laughs> Malaysia, too, maybe. <laughs> this is the kind of authority-laden conversations. And of course, Solomon asked for wisdom, which was the wonderful thing to ask for. We need to know where to go, where not to go. We need to go when to go, know when to go and when not to go. And we need to know where just flat out in no uncertain terms, you ain't going. We need that. That's what God applauded Solomon for. I need wisdom. I don't know how to go out and come in. I need you to tell me. And David, the great warrior, should I go up or not? You know, some of us, if, if I was going out to war, I'd be asking God this all the time. You sure you want me to go, Lord? Isn't there some other way, you know? David, you didn't have to say that to him. He, was, he, he never shrunk from a fight. He ran to the giant. And for him to ask this is, is a mature response. Do you want me to go up? Sha'al. We need this. We, and we've demonstrated this to a certain degrees in the past. But in what we're coming into with the stakes as high as they are, with the enemy not wanting us there... We need to know where God wants the light to go into the darkness and where at this time he has not chosen for us to go. And we need to know whether with all of our army and with all of the people that God has given us and all our swords and our mantles and all of the pneumaticos understandings, we need to be saying, God, you know, I know we could easily take this batch, but do you want us to go? We have to have that. And, I, I you know, you know me. I've never... 
I, uh, before the Lord, I love all of you, and I, I have taken great strides to not lead us into anything that I unless I absolutely knew God wanted us to do it. And, but there are coming times where there are going to be so many appeals and so many directions and so many theater of operation types of things that we're going to encounter We've, we've, got to, we've got to ask God for this. And so these are all fine tunings of, of, uh, of Sha'al. I like this one. Oh, this one is a good one. See, you thought you were going to make it through a week without me talking about rain or trees or rivers. Look at this. Uh, Zechariah 10.1, ask of Yahweh rain in the time of latter rain. Ask Sha'al. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to every one grass in the field. Now, why, why am I so excited about this? And I'll say this quick. Um, remember what we talked about last week regarding the rainforests and how they indicated that the, uh, um, the trees themselves release the deuterium and release the moisture over 70% in the Congo and in Amazon? in the time of the former rain, at the beginning of the sequence, and that initiates the updraft, the convection. Um, and I, I mentioned to the French yesterday that I, I was searching, searching, searching for some evidence uh, technically, scientifically, that the lightning itself gains its power through the deuterium. And all of the climate change people, they didn't seem to have any interest in talking about that. But our friends, the Ruskies, they wanted to know about power. So the, um, the nuclear research group in Moscow, Moscow determined unequivocally that what gives the lightning the power that it has, five times hotter than the sun, is this element, deuterium. And that was translated into English by our good friends in England. And uh, how good are those English people to translate something in English for us? Um, so, but notice, though, that this is, we are sha'aling God for the latter rain. We generate, in obedience to the Lord, the former rain by our prayer, by our willingness to stand. Our faithfulness to God generates that. But we ask God for the oceans to kick in, for the people groups to kick in, for, for, for him to create those bright clouds because that's what forms the latter rain. And this is what we're asking Sha'aling God for. I just think that's, that's cool. So we do our part in obedience to the Lord. That generates the season. That welcomes the initiation of this process. That forms those clouds that oversee up to the lightning. But then we sha'al, and God creates what comes up out of the oceans. God brings in what is needed for the harvest. God does that. Isn't that great? I think that's just Wow. Wow. Well, anyway, it's about time one of these verses I got excited in, right? 
Upper and Nether Springs. You thought uh, we thought you were done with waters, but here it is again. And we're talking about Caleb, and we're talking about um, we're talking about Hebron, and here we are, Joshua 15, 18 and 19. It came to pass as she came unto him that she moved him to Sha'al of her father a field, and she lighted off her ass. And Caleb said unto her, What wouldest thou? Who answered, Give me a blessing for Thou hast given me a south land. Give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the nether springs. This is what we need to be asking God in our place of, uh, <laughs> of authority. We need to light off something and we need to ask. And we need to, we need to, uh, we need to ask God for the fullness of what he wants to bring. So uh, we're, we're asking leading into the actual week where we're traveling down there and we're, many are, are going to be in ministry that weekend, we're believing God for the waters. We're believing God for this latter rain. We're believing God for the river and the upper and the nether springs. And I, I would ask you to be praying for me as I'm studying more about this water business uh, because there are a lot of things that I'm seeing in the Word that um, are just profound, and I need, I need wisdom to be able to communicate them properly because they really tell us what kind of <coughs> water source God wants to open up in the various places that He leads us to. And that's very helpful to know and to discern what those water sources really are, how we ask, what we do. We need that. And, and we need to discern when we go to a place, where, where, what is this? Is this the valley? Is this a high place? Is this, what is this? Is this a wilderness or is this a desert? What is this? And, and it's important in the Scripture to know what kind of water supply God wants to bring to each of them and how we react before Him in obedience to bring that forth. That's all there in the Word. And it's not, again, we, we often joke about how that most people in church put everything into a doctrinal blender and make it all into some kind of a thing you can sip up with a straw. But strong meat, people who have teeth, uh, we need to know, how are you doing this? What do you want? What saith the Lord about this? And so I need wisdom, and we all need that because we're, we're going to be utilizing this. Um, we're down to the last section here, obviously. Now, I saved this for last. Now, you, you'll see on that seven weeks that the last one is for everybody to get along, all of us be traveling well, all of us be healthy, all the equipment to work. Why do we save that for last? Well, you should, why didn't you put that up right after presence? Because I think that this is a before you call I answered. I think this is you, you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and I will add all these things to you. I think this is so many other verses that promise when we go forth in obedience, God will be watching the re-reward and the re-regard capacities. And, and so that's why that's at the end. And it's, I, I, I just think it's going to be a time where we just give thanks. Look what the Lord has done. And I, I think that, that is why that's at the end. But let's look at these last two passages. Acts 4. Isaiah 45, as we are 
mobilizing to leave Brazil and for everybody to go back to their points of order and for the people down there to do what they're supposed to do. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me, Sha'al, of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands command ye me. We preached on this recently on a Wednesday night live, so you have that message already. But we want to, specifically regarding sons, we need to Sha'al. And specifically regarding what God is doing in con conjunction with partnering with them and what he's doing in partnering with us, we need to be representing what the throne is saying and as true lieutenants exhibiting the power and the authority that God has given us tactfully, obediently. So we need to be doing that as we're finalizing what we're doing. That Sunday, the last, the last uh, service at the theater and then having a time of fellowship and then sending our teams out to different churches to minister. This is what we need to be believing God for. And uh, we, we, we need his direction. The last verse, 1 Samuel 1. This is Eli to Hannah, verse 17. Eli answered, said, Go in peace, the God of Israel shall grant you your petition that you have Sha'al of him. And she said, Let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. We need to see grace fulfilled. We need to see what we've been offering supplication for uh, manifested. We need to see Samuels raised up in that continent. We need to see those that will teach and prophesy and manifest what a seer should be. We need to see kings put in position. We, see, we need to see the kingdom restored so that the ark is not a mockery, but it is a functional reality in taking that continent for the kingdom. So this is, these are all Sha'al's, and they're specifically things that we need to be doing in our intimate place before the Lord and really partnering with him with the authority. And Jesus said, when he was telling his disciples he was going, he said, up to this point, you've not had this capacity to Iteo. But now ask, whatever you, you ask my, the Father in my name, he will, he will do it. Uh, this is what we need to do. You have not because you ask not. Well, I don't want to have not. How about you? I want to have what the Lord wants. And um, so as we are presenting ourselves before the Lord, I want to thank all of you for being willing to participate in these times of prayer. There will be some fasts that God directs, um, waiting on him for that directive. Um, but I, I speak blessing over you in your praying, in your time before the throne. The last thing I'll say is, um, I, well, I'll say it this way. God loves you all. He misses some of you. Your place is in him. Find it and be what he has made you to be and what you know you are in him. 
And I speak blessing, and I ask that the Father would find our offerings of prayer acceptable in your sight, Father. And, and I, I, I thank you for this. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And, and I speak healing and life and encouragement and blessing over each of you, whatever it is that you're battling, whatever it is that you're facing, has been addressed so many times already today. May you have an, an overcoming anointing that comes upon you even in these next hours. You really are mighty people in God. Believe that. Don't forget it. Don't listen to any other voice that would tell you otherwise. God has given you his best. Now give him yours. And um, thanks be to God. So, we're done. God bless everybody. And we'll see you on Wednesday night, 6 o'clock prayer here. And until uh, then, go with God and he will go with you. Remember they used to say that a lot.